Welcome to episode 65 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. Over to you, Bryn. I'm Bryn Jackson. Over to you, Brian Levin. Today, we sat down with Linda Eliason. She is formerly a designer at Dropbox. Before that, she was at Squarespace. And before that, at really awesome places like Cartoon Network, where she worked on Adult Swim. We had a lot of fun chatting with her. Over to you, Bryn. Yeah, it was really great. Over to you, Brian. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Those ratings help us move up the charts, help new people find the shows. So if you are on your phone, open your podcast app or iTunes, leave us a star rating. And if you want to give us feedback or suggestions or just say anything you like about the show, you can leave us a comment. We do love to read those. Or hit us up on Twitter at DesignDetailsFM or join our Slack team at spec.fm slash Slack. It's really awesome. We do some some cool stuff in there. Like we have Inspect once a week and people like John Lax or Mark Hemian or Chrissy Tillman or Dan Petty will come in and check out your work and give you feedback. So again, that's at spec.fm slash slack. Before we get into this episode with Linda, we have one sponsor that we want to thank for making this show possible. Harvest, thank you. You're the best. You make it so easy to track time. I started using Harvest like four years ago uh i think i did as well yeah it's really good when i freelanced it makes it really easy to just take care of getting the documentation done without actually spending time on it so you just hit a button on your mobile device or on your mac or on your pc or on the web and it just starts and stops track your time keeps track of the the things you're actually working on so you can equate the things you're working on with how long you spent doing that thing uh, you can send invoices you can track expenses you can plug into slack with those visual reports, you can keep track of really specific details and data about the things you're working on. So you can filter and sort by different clients, uh, people that you work with. You can find projects that you worked on within a certain time frame, And you can use all this data to basically manage a budget, understand where you're making money, where you're losing money, and become a better freelancer. You can keep things on time and within budget. And that's pretty important when you're running a freelance studio or just working on your own and like doing billable hours. They do these really awesome visual time reports and they help you know which clients and products are making money and which ones are costing you money, which is a really hard thing to figure out on your own. I'm really bad at numbers, so I couldn't be more excited to have Harvest on the show. You can check them out at getharvest.com. After their free 30-day trial, you just enter coupon code DESIGNDETAILS at checkout and you'll save 50% off your first month. And with that, let's get into episode 65 with Linda Eliason. At little no-no. My name is Linda Eliason, and I am a designer and illustrator. And that's it. I, I, I'm used to saying at company, but that's it. Hard stop. No more company. You dropped it. <laughs> so I ran the numbers. About 5% of our guests quit their jobs the day they come on this show. I saw you or tweeted that of. at me today. Yeah. I And it's weird because... Uh, we had already set this up, but for a few weeks ago, before I had the idea to right. like quit. And right. we had it when you were coming back from XOXO with John Gold on the same flight, weirdly. Was that from XOXO? Was that, that was before? coming back from Ireland that I met John Gold on a flight. Oh, shit. Yeah, from HybridConf. Well, he was at the conference. I just happened to be in Ireland. What were you doing That's there? a weirdly specific thing. <laughs> I know. Um, it was uh, Hack Week at Dropbox and... They were letting people go to some of the different offices across the world to hack on stuff. And you were like, Dublin. Yeah, um, because they were working on a Google Apps integration that was really interesting to me, and I wanted to do some product stuff. So 
I went out there and like worked with that team for a week. It was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, I caught a flight back and John Gold was sitting right next to me and I didn't recognize him because I had never met him before, but I was like, he looks like a designer. <laughs> He's wearing all black and Nikes and he has glasses and he has a and big a beard, beard yeah. and <laughs> a uh-huh. man bun. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, either I can start talking to him now uh, at the beginning of the flight and just like quickly introduce myself so that there's not the weird, awkward tension of like us opening our laptops and realizing we're working on probably the same exact <laughs> shit. Yeah. So I just introduced myself and then we quickly found out that we had like a million mutual friends and just instant friends, the two of us. Good guy. That's a long flight as well. 12 hours. 12 hours of John that's Gold. That's like a, 12 hours. That's a bonding kind of flight. Oh, it was intense. <laughs> We, yeah. Oh my gosh. We, I, I taught him a lot of stuff about, um, lettering. I had notebooks and like brush pens with me. And so I taught him how to like letter the alphabet and he just ended up drawing, can I say dicks? On here. <laughs> you, you're allowed to I say just that? I did. That's basically what we expected. <laughs> Were they beautifully calligraphed? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but that's the good part. He should take beautiful pictures of that notebook and like put them in his portfolio. Yeah, exactly. It's like John Gold, letterer, or however he would say it. But yes, um, I left my job at Dropbox last week. And um, yeah. Would you care to share like as much as you're comfortable, like what sort of got you started on that decision and how you framed that in your mind? Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin. So I'm still like kind of in the the aftershock of it all. I'm still kind of like gaining space from the experience there and like figuring out how I feel about everything. Um, but really it's just been that like the company has changed so much um, as any company like in hyper growth like that will. Um, you're going from, you know, really small teams where you know people really well and you're working really intimately on something that you care about and that you feel like you have ownership over to something that you have to share with like lots and lots and lots of people. And it's, it's not that it's like bad or that you're losing touch with the product. It's just that it's like exhausting. It got to be really tiring for me. I think just about six months ago, I guess I, um, started to need like time away from the office, like to just go and like work by myself. And, uh, I like worked from our New York office for a little bit and like just working in smaller teams. And, uh, I was just having like a lot of fun being (laughs) away. (laughs) I don't know. I just kind of started to think like, I have no idea what's next. Like, but I should probably maybe start to think about what that would be. Then uh, when I went to XOXO, it just kind of hit me that I have no idea what the right next step is, but I can at least feel when something's wrong. And right now, uh, this is not the right place for me to be. So I'm just going to give myself a month, leave, and see where that takes me. And just like, I have one mentor whose name will not be said, but uh, he always tells me these things like to follow your bliss and, (laughs) and um, what's the other one that he always said? Oh yeah, he said to replace your fear of the unknown with curiosity. And that reminds me of like being a little kid and seeing something that you don't know anything about. And like, instead of being like freaked out and running in the other direction, you're like, oh, what's that? I'm going to poke it with a stick, mm-hmm. you know? So <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just trying to remind myself that just because I don't know what's coming up, that doesn't mean it has to be scary or bad. Do you think you're going to work at all 
in the next month or are you going to try and 100% disconnect? I'm really going to try not to work, but oh, it's hard because I am kind of a workaholic and I like making things a lot. And so I might be working, but it might be on things that don't look like work, you know? Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. I, oh, my brain is just like buzzing with all of these things that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Like I've been wanting to build a typeface and I've been wanting to build an icon set and I've been wanting to paint. Like I have these ideas for these paintings that are in my head and like all I have to do is just like buy the canvas and get going. Like I'm just, there. there's so many things <laughs> that I want to do and I can't wait to get started on. So I'm trying to just like take a deep breath not do anything crazy <laughs> okay yeah what about traveling are there places you want to see so um that was another thing that kind of sparked all of this i i went to norway um about a month ago i think that like I, that kind of got the travel bug out of me like i feel like i've kind of satisfied it a little bit it's so good to get away as much as you can and i don't really think that you have to like go somewhere exotic like norway like if you can't afford a trip like that even just taking a week off and like going and exploring a different part of your town that you've never been to or something. I think that's really important and it's really good to see new things. It's like a good reset, especially around here. Like you can drive an hour in any direction. Oh my gosh. And get a di an entirely different like everything. Yeah. Climate, like environment, people. And it's everything. so gorgeous. Yeah. Exactly. How long have you been in California? Um, San Francisco. Uh, one year and 10 months. And that's Damn. when you started for Dropbox. Yeah, exactly. And it grew that much in that amount of time? Yeah. Crazy. I, I moved to California the day before I started at Dropbox. Um, I didn't really give myself time to figure out what this place was all about. Or So I'd love to hear your story of like deciding to come here and like getting a job at Dropbox. Uh, deciding to come to California. Gosh. Because I, I think begin? there's a lot of people out there that are certainly curious about it, mm -hmm. but it's probably about what not, it would be like to, to yeah, move here. But it's certainly not the right, perfect thing for everyone. Yeah. So why was it for you? Well, so I had been in New York for about a year and a half and, um, that city, uh, really taught me a few things. <laughs> uh, I, I think I went to New York. I, I moved there from Atlanta and I was kind of like the underdog, like here I am moving from a small town to a big city and like... I thought I was the coolest thing ever, you know, like I was kind of full of myself and that city just slapped me in the face. <laughs> and, uh, it's really hard to live there. I mean, have, have either of you lived there before? I've lived there for three months. Okay. You lived in New York for three months? Yeah. That's Weird. like the golden amount of time. So I think for my first like three to six months, I was in love with the city and everything was amazing. And uh -huh. it, it does feel like being in love for the first time. It's like, everything smells better and like uh, also like garbage, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, it's a very vibrant city. Yeah, exactly. There's so much going on around I know you it all smells the time. Better, just stronger. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I just want to like, I don't know, all of the art and music and everything that you could ever want is right there. But then like you get kind of caught up in that rat race and it feels like a rat race because you're on a subway platform with thousands of other people like rushing quietly in one direction and it feels very bizarre. And then it's cold. The The winter. Oh my gosh. That uh, was... I miss cold winters. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of <laughs> don't because I can ride my motorcycle during the winter. That's wonderful. Yeah. But also I really miss snowboarding. So the 12 degrees didn't bother me so much and the snowboarding and stuff. 
but it just kills the energy in that city in a weird way. So you go from that like vibrant, like everything is on fire and amazing to um, everyone's Netflixing at home with their significant others. Netflix and, and like, chill. Yeah, exactly. So I had been at uh, at Squarespace for about a year. Oh, you're at Squarespace. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, Squarespace is fantastic. They are seriously like everybody who works there. They're wonderful. I can't say enough amazing, nice things. And I think it was just one of those jobs that like almost fit for me. But I really needed to be doing more illustration and more like just kind of fun stuff with like a more childlike personality. And uh, if you know Squarespace's brand, it's very like black and white and like it's just very it's, sleek. Yeah. Yeah. It's like sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and It's um, not sexy. It's sexy. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it ends with an E-H. Oh, God. God. Such a dork. So anyway, so I, I wanted to um, do more of that. I wanted to be able to get back to like making complicated things feel human. That was like something that I was really have always been passionate about and um yeah i had met um this guy morgan knutson have you met him before i, I know morgan wonderful he has come up being. on this I've, show i've never heard so knutson he is how do you say it morgan knutson knutson hey morgan are we saying this right <laughs> morgan allen knutson <laughs> yeah so anyways uh, he he knows everybody i was i was out here and he just was like hey you should swing by the office so i swung by for lunch and then it was like hey you should interview and so I extended my trip here just so I could interview with everyone. And um, at the time, Dropbox just had that like punk rock designer personality that I just have always really loved. It was like a bunch of people. A lot of them were like kind of skateboarder attitudes of like skateboarder like, attitudes. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like some kid's mom, like trying to sound cool to <laughs> them and their friends. These hip, cool kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I went out there and um, interviewed with everybody, and I just really loved them. They are all just really wonderful people. And the design team at the time was, like, still kind of small, and there were, like, 15 of them at the time. And, I mean, you look at the caliber of talent and everything on that team, and it was just like, oh, my God, I can't even begin to imagine what I could learn from, like, Ryan Putnam, for I instance. love Ryan. I remember the day before I started my job, I looked at Ryan Putnam's portfolio and I kind of cried a little bit. You lost your shit? Because I was Cause like, well, because I knew his work, but I had never response. like, but looking at it with uh, these eyes of this person is going to be sitting next to me and judging everything that I do. And so I'm just like, I hope I'm good enough. I hope I'm good enough. So, um, yeah. So I think that was what brought me out here. It was like the chance to work on things that felt human again, but in this like familiar tech environment. And I really wanted to work with the people mostly what was your favorite thing you worked on oh man and i almost like don't want to bring it up because i feel like the people who know me are sick of hearing about it um i worked on a puppet video ah uh, yes the hiring one yeah the, the justin hiring, right? pervorce puppet is amazing yeah Thank that you. was pretty awesome <laughs> oh so good yeah my boy uh raymond carr down in atlanta georgia he's responsible for the creation and puppeteering of those puppets and yeah, we had a few emails back and forth uh, getting the likenesses down <laughs> of all the people. So wait, explain what it was huh? for people that don't know. What okay, the video was. so it's the perfect example of a few people um, taking advantage of a company at a certain stage. So at the time, um, Dropbox was like 
just maybe like four or 500 people. We were still figuring it out, like not quite as grown up and like big boy pants as they are now. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) it's a technical term. So anyways, I, I had been working on the jobs page and, um, this is like one of the first projects that I was working on there and I was just like freaking out and I did a bunch of really bad designs for it and finally ended up with something like eh, kind of okay but there was like a chance to have a video there and we like really needed something that showed like how cool the office is because I think a lot of people expected like white walls and like cubicles at and the that's time. That's all there is. They didn't know. They were dead on. <laughs> And so we needed something that showed the office. So that was like one of the one of the points that I had to solve for. And so I started researching other videos and things and uh, realized that there wasn't a single recruiting video that I could like watch in its entirety because they were all kind of boring to me. And um, they're just like faces talking, you know, like, oh, yeah, I really love the benefits. They're great. My kids and they really <laughs> like help me with the kids. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, <laughs> oh God. Really great dental. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell, let me tell you about, about my dental insurance for a minute. <laughs> I had a really <laughs> infected by cuspid. <laughs> few weeks back i have the dopest crown now <laughs> gold plated uh. <laughs> yeah no platinum <laughs> sure so <laughs> um <laughs> oh gosh so uh started brainstorming with my friend uh cody osborne who's uh, still there making videos now and he had been working in advertising and stuff so uh, he worked on those like k-swiss ads with kenny powers like dude's hilarious he tubes is- yeah. <laughs> so he like he's so funny. And so me and him were just like brainstorming one night like what could we do for these videos to make them funnier? So we came up with like 3 to 5 ideas. And one of them was like what if we just use puppets? Like that way like every race of every person is covered cuz they just they say don't puppets. Know. Yeah. Just like it just ended it like the the suggestion was puppets. Yeah, just like puppets. Cuz wasn't Justin purple? Yeah, Justin's yeah. purple with a red beard. It's great right. because, yeah, you can't be offensive with like purple, rainbow colored. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have every gender. Uh-huh. And uh, so, but we still wanted the stories to feel real and we still wanted. Um, oh, they felt real. <laughs> oh. That was good. Oh. Because the puppets are made out of. Film. I was like if five seconds behind that. on that joke. Yeah. yeah. So we pitched uh, a couple of ideas for this video, but back then it was basically just us and uh john this guy who's been there forever and he's kind of like the keeper of uh dropbox's like feelings like like the brand like they call it well they call <laughs> he it like, holds the feelings in while you're there <laughs> yeah exactly he's kind of like the heart and soul of this place so you kind of run things like that by him that sounds like the exact opposite of the keeper of feelings <laughs> no he's oh he was the Sit first down designer. and robot yeah right? he was the first john yang. john yang yeah um, he's amazing. And so we ran it by him and then, um, we ran it by Arash and got the green light and, um, we didn't have much of a budget at the time. So Cody had like from his advertising days, he had these guys at a studio called film orange and, um, they've been wanting to work with puppets forever. And so they, uh, decided to cut us a break and come out and do it for us and I mean they had an editor who was brilliant and like they just got us you know so we had one day to film this whole thing and um 
yeah, they just came down and a lot of it was just like improv. It was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if puppets did this? And like, what if the puppets just like slamming on the keyboard with its hands? And like most of it was those guys like riffing off of each other. But um, yeah, it was just like a ton of fun to make. And it was one of those, one of the rare projects where I felt like I had an idea early on you know, with, uh, this other group of people. And we were like, Hey, let's, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And then we start doing it and we're like, somebody's going to stop us any minute now. And then nobody ever stopped us. It was, it was awesome. That's awesome. So what was the the response when it came out? (laughs) It was pretty great. Yeah. Like I feel like the whole company really loved it and they felt like, um, since it was their own voices telling the story of what it's like to be there, they just like really appreciated it. I think it felt like pretty genuine mm-hmm. um even though it was puppets felt yes awesome so that's one of my favorite things that i've worked on okay in. yeah a recruiting video made out of puppets so i'd love how to hear how you started from the bottom and got here <laughs> um started from the bottom now we're here Belinda, in my kitchen the Linda you, have, you have reached the peak <laughs> finally i made it to this first it was eliason now it's eliason quit changing your story i say both yeah I think when I'm thinking like about Eli-erson. it really hard, I say Eliason because I remember my family saying like, this is how you pronounce your name. Um, but, but then you remember Eli-erson. how it's spelled. Yeah. So anyways, I'd love to hear your story. Just like, okay. Why, why design? I have like a, a weird family. My dad is a pianist. Um, and my mom is an accountant. Um, and my dad's mother was a pianist. She was an amazing jazz pianist. And um, my dad is more of the classical variety. And uh, so I just grew up around music all the time. Um, he was teaching me how to play piano and sing and stuff um, as a really little girl. And I loved drawing from like the moment I could hold a pencil. And um, we lived in Florida at the time. And so, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> when you're three and Mickey Mouse is like an hour away you don't care you don't know about all the rednecks and stuff like you don't know about florida man (laughs) (laughs) i i kind of love florida like florida will forever have a very warm place in my heart um so we used to go to disney world because we had this like special like you you're a resident of florida pass and uh (laughs) that's what it's called and um it's it's literally called the you're a resident of florida (laughs) pass And um, so we would go there a lot. And at the time, there was this cool thing set up where you could watch the animators work um, behind like pane glass. Uh And they were just at their like elevated desks and just drawing like page after page after page. And like just I could just sit there and watch that forever. And so, um, yeah, I mean, like at the age of three, I was like, I want to be a cartoonist when I grow up or I want to, you know, be an animator or work for Disney or something like that. And so then I just kind of drew all the time and I was kind of like an awkward kid and I was really into horses. I was one of those girls. I was uh, a, a centaur. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> a sort. Yeah, I was half horse, half girl. And I got picked on a lot. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I mean, I think I got picked on a little bit in the beginning. But then I learned that I could use uh, the things that I was good at, like uh, like drawing <laughs> horses <laughs> to kind of make friends. And um, and then I started to like find my sense of humor by like watching like The Simpsons and um, and stuff like that. Do you draw cartoons? Um, like, I my mean, favorite thing when I was growing up was like to draw the cartoons. Oh, out. yeah. Yeah. I did that all the time. And you like memorize how to draw Bart mm-hmm. and like all these different things. And then you can like hook a brother up and like draw Bart on his binder for him 
friends for life, uh-huh, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so that was kind of how I spent elementary school. <laughs> Drawing on boys' binders. And w- girls. Was Bart your girls. favorite to draw? Um, I had these like little characters that weren't uh, like famous cartoons. They, like, they I had weren't this, affiliated. Right. <laughs> like I had this elephant that I drew on everything and he had like wacky eyes. <laughs> and I thought it looked cool. I don't know. I was really into frogs, drawing frogs on stuff. I was a big fan of drawing Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z. Like that was my whole thing. Yeah. See, you like you have the character that you really love and that you want to draw on everything. He had like a turban and like stripy skin and everything was textured. It was wonderful. <laughs> it's awesome. I was get terrible like- at drawing him. So bad. But you get a little better every time you draw it. Mm-hmm. And that's like addictive. Yeah. So... <laughs> That was kind of how I was. And then I kind of got into music for a while um, since that was in my family. Was it, was it straight up piano or was it like... No, I actually gave up piano because you hit this uh, point, I think, in your adolescence where like, you don't want to do what your dad does. That's not cool. My dad was playing like Elton John covers. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to... I know Candle in the Wind. <laughs> exactly. So I had a Weezer cover band and we only played the Blue Album because those Correct. were the easiest Accurate. songs to play. <laughs> also, also the best songs to play. <laughs> and the best, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, me and a friend Megan, we would. Um, she could play the bongos, and she was a really good singer. And I would sing and play guitar, and we would just cover Weezer songs for our friends. Well, Do you how, still play? Um, I have a ukulele now. Like, living in the city, it's... Uh, you, your <laughs> you neighbors down, get mad your apartment. at you. You downsize <laughs> yeah, to exactly. fit it through the front door. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this will fit in a car window. I did a lot of music stuff actually. I was in like choirs and stuff like that. So I thought I was going to go the music route for a while. And then in high school, um, had this amazing art teacher named Melanie Mickleborough. We just became friends on Facebook. Like, it's so weird that now you can just be like, I wonder what she's up to. Oh, Hey, the internet, everyone. <laughs> did you guys know about this internet? It's this new thing. You just... <laughs> there are various internets. It's so, well, I went a few years without having Facebook. Um, so I feel like I still kind of have those eureka moments with it sometimes. A few years without it? What does that mean? Like I deleted it. Oh, I, me too. I didn't have an account for a while. Yeah. So I went, then high school, had that awesome art teacher. Um, we had some really good design classes and, um, that was uh, the first time that I kind of learned what design was. Um, I went to, uh, man, I remember like the day that I decided I want to be a graphic designer. I um, have this uncle who lives out here in California and uh, he has all of these like skater dude friends. They're like the original like Dogtown kind of like skater guys. The Z-Boys. And, yeah. And um, I mean, they're not like the Z-Boys. You know, it's like that era of skateboarding. They're like a Y-Boy. <laughs> yes. And... Um, we, what, like we had to go to one of his friend's studios at one point to pick something up. And, um, we, uh, I was just kind of like running an errand with my grandfather and my uncle. And so like we walk into this place and holy crap. I mean, I was like 14 at the time I walk into this room where there are like grown adults just listening to cool music and drawing stuff. And like they had computers and like, I mean, I'm, describing like every you know design company or whatever that you've ever been in now but I had no idea that this world existed anywhere it was like all of my favorite things in this one little room 
like the the set of like Prismacolor pens that I had always wanted was there and like uh just really cool pens like, will get you album anything. art yeah I still get really excited about pens I have to like hold myself back and not buy so many and yeah so I was like what do they do here <laughs> what is this and um they said uh yeah it's like a design firm like they design it was like a really small design firm they did um like skate decks and album art and posters for shows and like that kind of thing and um I was just like that is what I'm gonna do right there and so yeah like for the rest of high school it was just kind of like figuring out which skills I needed to become that (laughs) to become that person and so we it was like 2d design classes and figure drawing and uh oh my gosh everything from like ceramics to uh, printmaking and photography and just anything where you're making stuff with your hands. But I hadn't even touched a computer yet, like until college. Um, when Did it, you go to college for art or design? Yes. Yeah. Which one? Um, so the school that I went to doesn't exist anymore. So I went to this uh, college called the Atlanta College of Art. And uh, it was in Atlanta. It was a part of the Woodruff Art Center and the High Museum. Um, it was like a 100-year-old school. It was really awesome and very tiny and intimate. And um, it had like really amazing design professors who had uh, studied from like Armin Hoffman and Basel. And then it also had like the wackiest, weirdest fine artists uh, who were like making performance pieces out of like themselves and like covered in tar and dental floss. Like I just thought it was, (laughs) it was just so typical art school. (laughs) It was beautiful. But to have like the two polar opposites of like very strict and structured design with like people who are doing experimental sound design as their major, you know, and just walking around with a microphone all the time, like, like <laughs> just, and it was really small. There are only a few hundred people there. Interesting. Okay. So everybody got to know everybody. And I think everyone's work kind of influenced each other's in a really unique and special way. So after a year of being there, uh, SCAD bought my school. Like it was an acquisition. Like I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's it was so strange. A, co- a school acquisition. Well, they called it a merger, but by merger they meant your school will no longer exist. Right, right. <laughs> and we'll take all your stuff. So. And students. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had a chance to apply to you know other schools, and I applied to like Rizzy and um, Ringling and a few other schools that I really liked. And um, ultimately, it just made the most sense financially to go to SCAD. So I went there. And um, I came from like a really, I don't want to say like a really poor family, but we were pretty poor when I was a kid. And um, even though like my parents were doing better when I was older, it was still expected that I paid my way through college. And um, they helped a little bit. Like they had some money set aside, but I had to keep like a full-time job while I was in school. And um, yeah, so I just like didn't mess around when I was in college. Like I think I got drunk like maybe twice in that whole four years because I just did not want to mess it up. I was like, I'm going to go be this design person and I'm not going to have to wait tables anymore. And (laughs) it's going to be amazing. I was super focused at that time. And um, I still wish I could like, be as I don't know strict as I was back then 
I took things like really seriously. <laughs> it was kind of a buzzkill, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no one invited you to parties. Oh, no. Intentionally. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> that was a That's big funny. dork. Yeah. But now who's laughing? <laughs> <laughs> They're still laughing. Yeah. They're still way cooler than me. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh but um yeah so in college uh you know it was like kind of typical art school design school stuff I mean the school that I went to was great and a lot of the professors that I had from the Atlanta College of Art did transfer to SCAD so I still had kind of the same design education it was a lot of like cutting type out letter by letter word by word gluing it to a piece of mat board so that you can learn lessons about like letting and kerning and spacing and all of that just like kind of like painstaking design I remember like I spent a whole semester painting a leaf like one leaf until our lines were perfect like and like a lot of technical drawing classes yeah and a lot of no like we worked on one leaf and that was it it was just black it was the one painting yeah it wasn't like it was just repeating that painting but what that yeah and it was but it was uh just a black and white painting of like the silhouette of this leaf and at the time everyone's mad everyone's like this professor is crazy like why are they having us do this but now I totally get it like it all makes sense like I learned how to control my lines and I learned how like to simplify a shape in a way that I don't know I if I could have in any other way so I learned how to like find the essence of what this leaf was and like simplify the hell out of it so what happened after SCAD? Well, while I was at SCAD, I um, and like had all these awesome classes and stuff, uh, painting leaves. I really wanted to get some like real world experience. So I um, applied to a few different internships and I also wanted to like get out of Atlanta. So I got an internship at this ad agency at um, a place called Mullen. Uh, they're in Boston. And um, I went there just because I was like, I don't know, like, I don't know what kind of designer I want to be or like. If I, I assumed that I would go to an agency or like a design firm or something. And so I went to this um, ad agency and uh, worked there for a whole summer. It's like three or four months. And I was just like in the studio at first and I was supposed to just kind of be like photoshopping stuff together and um, like kind of worked my way into the creative director's office and like was able to do a few pitches on a few campaigns and like submit some ideas. And I really loved that. Like I loved how creative you can be in an agency but it's also like heartbreaking to be (laughs) in agencies sometimes wait what do you mean by that it's just like a lot of churn it's like Mm. submitting and proposing like 10 ideas that you've just been like oh these are brilliant or like these are okay but either way you're pouring all of your heart into something and then like the company can just be like oh no thanks we're passing and you're like oh so there was like a lot of that, but you're kind of, there is this like, we're all in it together mentality when you're working with in an agency with people like that. Cause you're submitting this stuff together and you're like, you like win with the team, you lose with the team. Exactly. Yeah. There's a good sense of camaraderie. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, okay, well maybe I should see what an in-house experience or like what a smaller firm would feel like. I went back to Atlanta and within a few weeks, uh, started an internship at Cartoon Network. And to get that internship, I like made by hand this like book that was like just for them. And it was like, hi, I'm Linda. Here's my design projects. Do, do you like them? <laughs> Please <laughs> well, like them. Will you Please. let me come sure. <laughs> sit next to you? Huh? Yes, no, circle one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And um, 
Oh, thank God they they said yes. Um, so Jay Rogers was uh, he's an amazing illustrator. If anyone wants to look up his work, he was the art director there, and he gave me the internship, and um, I learned a lot, and like learned that working in house was maybe more my cup of tea because instead of like working on this uh, project with all of your heart and giving it to the company and being like, here, I made this special for you and having to be like, nah, we're good. Uh, at an, at a like in-house place, you're kind of like building and iterating on a brand constantly. And um, yeah, things change all the time and you have to like let go of that idea that you thought was precious but like instead of just letting it go forever you can kind of like watch it evolve into something else Mm -hmm. and to me that was really cool and I really liked that so I'm still in college at this point have like one semester left and I was like all right let's see if I can get into adult swim because that would just be amazing like still really into cartoons uh what did you do there at Adult Swim. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I... Cartoon I, Network, et cetera. So at both places, I was in a department called Trade Creative Services. Basically, what happens is uh, the network will pick up a show, and the show isn't always made like in-house. Uh, sometimes it's made like in LA by a studio or whatever. So they pick up the show, and then the network uh, helps with everything that markets it. So like they'll design the logo for the show, and... Um, like all of the interstitials on the network that are advertising it and stuff, like all of the billboards, like any like marketing collateral, any swag, like stuff like that um, really helps to build up the brand of the show. Like I remember when Adult Swim got Rick and Morty and I wasn't there at the time, but I think in Brooklyn they uh, had like an actual like life-size spaceship like crashed into the sidewalk with Rick and Morty inside of it. That's one of my favorite things of all time, that show. I can't get into it at all. Oh, uh, what is... Oh, I almost just rage punched you. <laughs> the, like, Sorry. The, like, Rick You're like gritting <laughs> the counter so hard. The like Rick's puke mouth thing, I just don't get it. <sighs> I, I watched the pilot and it was really bad. You need to watch more than just the pilot. But But what? But what? other episodes besides the pilot but which episodes besides the pilot um where do, where the, do i me start se- the me seeks episode is really good the what me seeks you can put this in the notes and convincing you can it later um anyway <laughs> it's one of the best things that's happened to television but in why? my opinion because it's so each episode is so dense and so smart and you have to like really pay attention to follow along it's almost like british humor sped up so you know like with british humor like jokes just get really 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 deep and layered but usually it drags on for like 20 minutes and then you're like oh punchline yay what's your favorite style of illustration oh style of illustration if you could if you could equate it to a tv show i think it changes a lot like right now i do love the hell out of the the rick and morty style and i've been like thinking super and, simple and like scraggly eyeballs and shit yeah so it's like very flat and i like the black outlines um and so, i like that it's so all free form that mm-hmm. you don't need a ruler to draw that show mm-hmm. you know whereas things like uh family guy and the simpsons and stuff it seems like everything is a little bit more structured and yeah it's specific yeah what do you think about pixel art i'm suit i love drawing pixel art it's just one of these like relaxing things where it's just like turn brain off and do shading and shit with yeah, pixels i've um i got really into it a little while ago and i think i just like burnt myself out on it yeah i did it a lot it kind of feels like cheating sometimes yeah but like really exceptional pixel art is so impossible and moderately okay pixel art is so easy <laughs> like, yeah 
It's a weird thing. Gosh, you just threw me back to when I was at MailChimp. Uh, we used to like switch up our login page every now and then, like when something cool happened. And um, we wanted to celebrate like the birth of Nintendo or something. And so I just made all of this art that was like our our mascot, the chimp, but in this Freddy. like old NES style. And you guys, I was so slow. And like I was like building everything on an actual grid because I wanted it to be like true to what it was. And um, John Graph paper. It took like, no, I did it in Illustrator. I just did the like snap to grid, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you I mean, actually like built how it block by works? block. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And um, it just took me like weeks to finish this thing. And Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like trying to learn how to make this like animated GIF, and like I think the file was so big that it like crashed our servers or something. <laughs> it didn't was, work out. It didn't work out so good, you guys. But that's okay. Um, so you asked me what we did at Adult Swim. You know, like, to be honest, when you're an intern, you just do whatever they ask you to do. So it was like banner ads. It was like meat wad flip flops. Yes, it was like, uh, please. Yes, whatever you that? want me to do. Uh, because they had a server there that had every Adult Swim show ever on it. And including all of the, they call them like the show Bibles that like describe what the show is and like who all the characters are. And as a person who's like, absorbing this content for fun to be inside of it was like oh it was like Christmas every single day and like Tim and Eric would walk into the studio with like Seth Green and like I was just like I can't even describe how (laughs) excited I was (laughs) yes where you look like you're about to poop (laughs) and you sound like it too That's exactly how I was every day. So, I mean, a lot of it wasn't like glamorous work. I mean, I got to do like a couple of billboards or whatever for stuff around Atlanta. But yeah, it was mostly just being around that insane talent. And like, and I mean insane, like in the literal sense, like these people come up with ideas that are just so out there and strange and like, but also really cool. I worked with this guy who like was really against um, trash and litter. And he was like always talking about that trash Island that's like out in the Pacific. And so every time a fast food or like a takeout service would give him something with styrofoam in it, he would staple it to his wall of his office. So this entire office wall was just covered in like dirt, dirty, like Chinese takeout (laughs) styrofoam boxes and stuff. That sounds and, stinky. Yeah, and he was just making a point, you know? A really stinky point. <laughs> a really, yeah. So people like that, that I just, yeah, feel really lucky to have gotten to know. Um, yeah, you really feel lucky. <laughs> just. About that styrofoam. Stinky styrofoam. This should be like a punk band. Pro- no? It's like 10 punk bands. It's, it already is. It's too late. welcome to san francisco yeah um oh so then what happened Uh, yes so then so that 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 internship was after after cartoon network but after scat it was my very last days at scad so i spent my final months at scad um in this internship and while i was there i honestly just stopped caring about school because i was learning so much on the job from like art directors and people on the job that um yeah, I, I kind of checked out of school a little bit. I also um, fell in love uh, with a designer at Cartoon Network. We ended up getting married. And like 
it was just like the best days of my life. It was so great. And, um, then it was the recession (laughs) and, uh, everybody got fired. Um, so this was like 2008, 2009. So I was kind of hoping that I would get a job at Adult Swim. Like that was really what I wanted or at Cartoon Network, whatever. And some of the people that I was working for, uh, were laid off. Like my boss was laid off. My husband was laid off. Like it, it was a really dark time for design and like the arts. I kept waiting tables for like nine months after college. Um, the thing is like, I'd worked so hard in school that I was able to graduate early and I, I really wanted to like get a job right away and just like get going. But there was nothing. It was crickets. I think I went to something like 16 job interviews where you're bringing your portfolio and like, like, okay, this is for like a health company and I would be designing pamphlets, but I don't really care right now. I will take this job because it'll pay a little bit more than like waiting tables is going to get me. That sucked. That was like not a good time. I, I was starting to reconsider everything. I was like, I might not be able to be a designer after all. Maybe I'm going to have to go like, I don't know, work on a farm. Like you have these crazy thoughts when things aren't going your way where you're just like this thing that I've loved and nurtured since I was three years old. I'm suddenly about to just like throw in the towel and say, I, yeah, I I could work at a vet office cleaning dog cages. (laughs) Why not? It was insane. Luckily, some of the people that I worked with at Cartoon Network, one of these guys, his his wife worked at this company called MailChimp. And um, I had gotten to know him because he sat behind me um, at Cartoon Network and he got a really big kick out of it. Every time I walked by his cubicle on the way to my cubicle, I'd say, hey, fuck you. <laughs> I don't know what what sparked me to do that. It just seemed like it would make him laugh one day because he like looked <laughs> like he was having a really rough day. So I just walked by said that and it made him laugh so hard (laughs) so we were like buds from then on out so his wife worked at MailChimp and um they needed a designer and uh at the time like I didn't know what the tech industry was because in school I was still being taught this very like old-fashioned like way of design like like studio only yeah like mid-century kind of graphic design um it's very Swiss and like you're still mostly using your hands and like not the computer at all who does hands I think we're just done with them. We don't need hands anymore. Just building a trackball into your like shoulder pit. Computer. <laughs> Points and beziers, please. <laughs> Lots of them. Quadratic. <laughs> 90 degree angles only. None of this trigonometric bullshit. <laughs> trigonometric. <laughs> nice. I think we just invented a new um, skill set. Voice activated illustration. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Kit. <laughs> so where was I? Um, you were saying fuck you to this guy. So I was saying fuck you to this guy. And long story short, he got me a job. Um, no, I, I went to the interview at MailChimp thinking like I had I had no idea what design was, like I said, like or what uh, tech was. I, I didn't know about tech companies or this whole industry um, at all. And I and you went to a place called MailChimp. MailChimp. Which was like, okay, that's kind of lame. And uh, it was like email marketing. And I, it, <laughs> immediately I'm thinking of spam. And I'm like, God, this is worth, it's worse than the health insurance place. You know, like, uh, so I, I uh, just went to the job interview and I walked in and it was like the week of Halloween. I immediately was like, 
a holy shit, this is the coolest office I've ever been in. Um, and like Ron Lewis is the creative director there still. And he interviewed me and I was just so nervous. And like, cause I was kind of walking in expecting like one thing. I got the exact opposite. I was not ready for that. And I was just like, again, like, please like me. <laughs> and that's the best feeling in the world when you're in a place that like, you want to be there so bad. And like, Oh, I just like, I'll, I'll do anything, whatever. And so the interview went well and they offered me a job and, uh, it was just like, thank God, like the unemployment is over. Now I can go and like be in this like weird company that's growing and they're making cool stuff. At the time there were like 29 people there, I think. So they're still pretty small. I always said, like, I want to know at least one thing about every person in this building. Like, and not just one thing, like, what oh, yeah, the guy ben in the Chestnut? Oxford shirts. Huh? What do you know about Ben Chestnut? I know a lot about Ben Chestnut. He's a great guy. He's the best boss I've ever had. Yeah, so I worked there, and um, I, for the first, like, year, like, hey, if you guys are listening, thank you for not firing me. <laughs> <laughs> I was... um. I was really bad at my job, I think. I, I mean, I think that, like, in the first year that you're doing something like that, it's like... You're bad. Yeah, you <laughs> you're just bad. suck. And I, like, I don't know. I look back on some of that work now and just cringe. And, like, I, I would have fired me, probably. But they didn't. Thanks, guys. And, um, I mean, I did, like, some okay work, too, in the beginning. But um, mostly it was just, like, a lot of struggling and, like, figuring out, like where my work fit into my life at that stage because I thought that like okay so you like go through school and you do all this stuff so that you can get to a point where you just go to work nine to five at some point you just know everything and and just do it yeah I'm done now I've I am designer I've learned it all and but no that was just like where it all began I am become design destroyer (laughs) of worlds (laughs) I am design And um, so at first I would just go to work from nine to five and I like refused to work after that because I thought that was how it was supposed to be. Like, no, afterwards it's all about like me and my dogs and my spouse and like just sitting on the couch and watching community, Um, which is pretty great. But I think I had also been like sprinting in college and like, you know, I was a little burnt out and like maybe needed some time to rest. But I think I overdid it a little bit. I think I... um, I didn't allow myself to feel as excited about my work as I used to. And so after about a year or so of being there, I just started to say like, okay, like fuck schedules. I'm not going to worry about like when I'm working on something. Like if I feel my most creative at nine o'clock at night, I'm just gonna like, let that be the time that I work. And, and like, I just kind of let go and like, one of the biggest things that influenced my work at that time, I think was, this is when dribble started. And like, I couldn't hide from my work anymore because I would just like go home at five and be like, oh, I did work today. It was okay. Like, whatever. I'm just going to watch TV and play video games. Then there was like this whole community of people making awesome stuff. And like, it was very much in your face. Like, you couldn't help but go to the website and see what people are working on. And you also couldn't help but notice it was a lot better than the shit that you were doing. And I just got this like insane internal pressure to do better and to like, make something that I could put on that website proudly and say like, okay, this isn't like the best thing I've ever seen, but I at least am not embarrassed (laughs) to have it up here. And so I think I was like just trying to squash that embarrassment for a few years. And they let me 
like learn how to illustrate on the job, which was just awesome. Like I didn't know how to illustrate, but I was like, well, I'm going to try. And we just, uh, we were redesigning MailChimp.com and like inserting illustrations into the website and like figuring out how to make everything feel like fun and human and like chimpy at the same time. I remember like I had this one project where in like two weeks I had to come up with 42 illustrations and I had only been illustrating for a few months at that point. So that was like my crash course, you know, just like do it. I think within like six months or a year that we ended up taking him off the site anyways. But like that's what taught me about technology and like designing within this field is that like nothing is permanent and you're always like improving things and trying to make things better. So yeah, I think my last year at MailChimp was like one of the best and like a lot of the projects that I was working on, I kind of hit this stride where I was like growing and learning a lot and um, I was getting really curious about other stuff too and like I kind of stopped watching TV and I stopped playing video games and I just got really involved in like that sort of curious exploration again. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, how many years were you at MailChimp? About three. Three. Yeah, like two and a half, three years. Does that put you up to Dropbox? No, there was a there was a gap year. So after MailChimp, like, I just wanted to move. Um, so I'd been in Atlanta for seven years at that point. And I thought that, like, the, the inspiration and, like, that amazing feeling that I had inside was um, transferable to anywhere. Like, I thought that it was something that was inherently within me and that if I moved to a different city, I would just still be that way. I'd still be curious and I'd still, like, be excitedly making stuff um, and just in a different environment. And uh, I was so wrong. I So I, I moved to New York and um, it turns out that, like, when you move your whole life and like, and I moved by myself and it it just like takes a lot out of you. You have to figure out if you're extroverted at all, you have to find a whole new group of friends and you have to like figure out where to live and how the trains work. And I mean, there's all this stuff that was just distracting me from that work. And so um, I worked at Code Academy for a couple of months, like while I got uh, my feet on the ground and that didn't work out. And so uh, then I met the guys at Squarespace and the girls at Squarespace. I'm sorry. I'm not sexist. (laughs) The homies at Squarespace. The homies at Squarespace. And um, I went and worked there. And uh, so I was there for a year. While I was there, like I said before, they, um, their brand is like the, the black and white and the like sleek photography. And I mean, it's beautiful. They have one of the like most well-maintained brands like it it continues to grow and yet it always feels like Squarespace they're they're still killing it um but I needed to do like I needed to draw hot dogs you know (laughs) and I needed um I needed an outlet for that stuff when one wants to draw hot dogs (laughs) there is no substitute for Ryan Putnam (laughs) (laughs) oh man I bet he could draw a mean hot dog so I wanted to draw hot dogs and so I um freelanced while I worked at Squarespace. How'd that go? Uh, I was really busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And I was also not very good at doing that. <laughs> Is anyone ever good at freelancing though? Like I, I feel think, like yes. it's all. There are some people who are really, really good at it. But I don't know. I think that doing it while you have a full-time job, maybe I wouldn't advise you to do that. It, it was like, on one hand, it was a really good outlet. It was awesome to be able to exercise like both sides of my brain. Like at work, I was doing these really like uh, geometric, um, 
icons and things like that. And then I I'd go love home so and draw much. like squiggly bacon. You know? <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> and so I, I had an outlet for both of um, the types of work that I like to do. And so that was fine. But and, and in New York, like, oh my gosh, if you're a workaholic and you live in New York, like there's just no end to the limits of where you can push yourself. Like you can just everybody around you is doing it. So there's nobody telling you that, Hey, you're crazy for working 14 hours a day. And on top of that, you're going to the gym to do your stupid kettlebells. <laughs> also, you're trying to be paleo in New York city. There's pizza and bagels everywhere. Ah, oh, so that was tough. It was a tough time, but I learned a lot about myself. I also learned that I'm not the coolest thing ever. And, um, that's a sad realization. It was like a, a solid dose of humility. And that I think I needed. It was great. And um, so, yeah. So then I uh, convinced Squarespace to uh, send me to the Build Conference. And um, nice. that's where I met Morgan Knudsen and uh, a lot of other great people there, too. I, I say go to as many conferences. Be as awkward as you have to be to meet the people there. Uh, Meeting people is it's the most empowering part of our jobs, I feel like it's 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 everything like that's how i got the job at mailchimp from like saying fuck you to the guy behind me at cartoon network and like yeah and i actually i met the people at squarespace because i was at a conference the brand new conference which is coming up this week i'm i I went to that conference alone uh none of my coworkers could make it so yeah i went by myself and just started making conversation with people who looked nice and I mean, it's, it's everything. <laughs> Just you, look like, nice. That's yeah. And it's really hard to say that to people who do what we do, because most of us are probably like introverts who are really good at sitting behind a computer for 12 days, 12 hours a day. And, uh, it, you, but you have to force yourself, I think out of that comfort zone. I learned to like people more than like code. You Do you identify more as an introvert? I don't really know if I believe in the whole introvert extrovert thing. I think I go through like phases where I just really need to be like alone in front of my computer making something and like freaking out about something yeah uh but then that sounds that sounds introverted yeah um but then sometimes I just want to be like at a club uh listening to Tupac and Biggie and dropping it like it's hot and like <laughs> meeting strangers. <laughs> Interesting. And um, yeah, so I, I think that I'm both. And But the hardest thing is that I never know when to predict it, like when I'm going to be one or the other. I've gotten a little bit better at it over time. Like I know that after this, like after talking to you guys, uh, you're draining the life force out of me. See, and I think that's the sign of an introvert. Yeah, and so I will have, have to go home and recharge, recharge yeah. by like painting my nails, uh, watching Rick and Morty. All right, so about out of time, but anything you want to plug before you go? Anything I want to plug? Is that a thing people do? Yeah. Plug stuff? You can say anything, literally anything. At little no no on Twitter. Yeah, I am at Little No No on Twitter. Um, I hope to be doing some speaking soon. And mm. yeah, I mean, I wish that I had uh, figured out what I'm doing next before coming on the show because that would have been helpful. But yeah, right now uh, I'll just be 
hiking and playing video games. But I'll be like, Linda, today hiking we're playing video, video games, games for, for exactly hours. 12 hours. Oh, okay. Your time <laughs> off. Time off. That's a system for if you have a job. <laughs> oh, okay. But that makes for a great part too when you figure out yeah. next steps. You gotta Stay find tuned. a really long game. Hope I don't mess it up. Like The Witcher 3. It's very long. It's All right, very The Witcher, good. fine. Three. Three. Yeah. All right, but I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll post stuff on Twitter. Cool. Maybe I'll start a blog. Who knows? Oh, People love those. Shit. Do you want a blog for spec? Sure. Peace. You try to drop the mic and it's on a stand. That's how you drop it. You push the mic. That was the end of episode 65 with Linda Eliason. We really hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, leave us a rating on iTunes. Hit us up on Twitter at Design Details FM. Come hang out with us in Slack. Or join our Slack team. Do it. You can do that at spec.fm slash Slack. Of course, it's free. You just enter your email address and we will send you an invite. Before we go, huge, huge thank you once again to Harvest for making this episode possible. Harvest is a time tracking service that helps you learn which clients and projects are making you money, which ones are losing you money, helps you differentiate between the two with some awesome visual reports that get down into the very details of your work. Then they help you turn that into billable hours and then you win. You're just, you're just done. Once you have billable hours, you're just getting paid. It's, it's all gravy. Harvest is a really awesome tool. They're really great. Brian and I have both used it. They have tools for iOS and Android and Mac and PC and web, and they help you track very quickly with little muss, little fuss, you're done. You get paid. They'll help you invoice right in line. Everything is there for you. And it's great. Go to getharvest.com, sign up for the 30-day free trial. When that's done, use promo code DESIGNDETAILS and you'll get 50% off your first month. Thank you once again to Harvest. We'll see you next Monday. I have a great Rasmus impression. Okay. Um, do you ever wonder, like, if there's, like, a bunny rabbit and he's also, like, a turtle? Do you ever wonder, like, what that would look like and, like, how fast or slow he would go? Or maybe how big? Maybe he's, like, the size of a rat. That's my Rasmus impression. <laughs> Rasmus? Can you please come on the show Get next? at me. Rasmus. <laughs> Tweet at us. You should be on this show. He's got one of those minds that makes connections in things in ways that you would never imagine. Like, I would never be able to think the way that he does. He's just, like, brilliant. Because he's, like, an engineer and also a poet. Like, he went to school for those two things. So, yeah. Amazing. Anyways, um, what are we talking about? You were just getting into music. You were growing up. We're going through your childhood. Yeah, music. you're now. You took a break to do Russian impressions. <laughs> it's not Russian. It's it's Swedish. It's just bad, just really bad Swedish. Well, you said it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I do the best worst impression. I mean, it makes me laugh. So <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's a success.